Brenda Kent attends the Talladega First United Methodist Church and is a retired teacher and administrator from the Alabama Institute for the Deaf and Blind, where she worked for 32 years. She collects roosters, she enjoys cooking, traveling, and is blessed with many, many friends. In her home, she has turned an old garage into a, a prayer room that has a lot of religious pictures and crosses and it's just a beautiful place. And she invites others in, from the community to come and pray there with her or by themselves. Welcome, Brenda, to this podcast today of Pray Together. We're glad that you're here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, great. Well, tell us how you, you have developed in your prayer life over the years. I have gone from being a human doer to being a human being, being in the knowledge that God is with me, in me, and I get all of my strength from that understanding. But that did not happen overnight. This has been a practice now for many, many years. It basically occurred at a very meaningful time because I had been searching for something to do that would draw me closer to Jesus. I've been a child of the Lord all my life because of my young circumstances where my mother and father divorced when I was five years old, and Jesus was my best friend. Mm. And Jesus is still my best friend. I can remember just praying childlike prayers to Jesus. And when I completed that weekend, I didn't, I had no idea as to how I was going to follow Jesus in a more meaningful way. The weekend you're referring to, is that the walk to Emmaus? Yes. I had no idea what that was all about. I went on faith of my sponsors, and it was life-changing. And I, the only thing I told Jesus when I was there, that if he called, I would go. That, that's really powerful for a lot of people. The walk to Emmaus is a spiritual formation event sponsored by the Upper Room, and uh, we have them in North Alabama, a lot of weekends. A lot of them are at Camp Simatanga. And then there's other Emmaus walks and three-day weekends, we call them, or three- or four-day weekends, Thursday night through, through Sunday afternoon. Fairly powerful events. That led you to grow in your spiritual activities to attend the Academy for Spiritual Formation, which is a two-year commitment isn't it, where you have 10 different five-day periods where you come together and learn about spiritual formation. How did those events deepen your spirituality? There again, I went on the faith of others, had no idea, but I had seen the change in the lives of my friends, and my spiritual director suggested that I would enjoy that experience. I was used to silence and practice silence daily. And so the rhythm of the day, of the time with community and the time with silence was a blessing. 
However, I had no understanding of what that rhythm was going to mean to me for the rest of my life. I had finished a cancer program and I was a needy person needing a community that was there because they loved the Lord. And And you found that in the academy? I found that in a very real way at the academy, not only from the wonderful presenters that I got to know personally, but from the covenant group that I was in. It was a real blessing. I had never made a covenant to pray for someone every day. I still pray for those people every Mm. day, and it's like a life-giving source. Well, I know it is for everyone who's in your group because you're a good prayer. And I were talking about intercessory prayer, prayers of petition today. And I don't know of any person that prays for people like Brenda does. Describe to us when you get up in the morning in your bedroom, you've got a special place where you pray. There's a picture of Jesus, the Jesus, Jesus print that's from Simantanga. There's a statue of St. Michael. And then you've got a a little bulletin board with pictures of people. When you pray for them, like intercessory prayer, you lift them up before the, the Lord. You know, we don't, whenever we're praying for someone, we never really know what is best for them in that particular moment. We just lift them up to the throne of grace and pray for God's will to be done. Sometimes when we think about intercessory prayer, we think we're going to try to change God's mind. You think that's what we're trying to do? No, not after all these years. I I believe firmly in the scripture in Romans where it says the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And most of the time when I am in that form of formational prayer for what God wants for others, that is uh, a habit. I just put my hands on my heart and pray that the Lord will pray me. And that takes away the fear of getting getting it right. Right, right. <laughs> because I don't think we ever get it right. Right. We, we're doing the best we can. And when we feel that our spirit is connected with the Holy Spirit, and that's what I start with every morning, is praying the prayer to the Holy Spirit, thanking the Lord for the Trinity that I know that we're offered to mm-hmm. abide in, and that's that's a lifetime journey because human nature doesn't always want to abide in the circumstances where we live. But that little area there, those are folks and their children that are very closely related in my spiritual journey. So there's significant people that you pray for every day? I pray for Bob and Kay Blackwell and their children, and I pray for Del Clem and his family, and I pray, of course, for my grandson and my son. But as everybody knows, that's practice silence. The Spirit just comes in people's names. Sometime I say, why? And within three days... I'll know why, because somebody will call and ask for prayer support, Mm -hmm. or somebody will call and tell me about a friend that 
needs prayer. So so prayer comes from God, and then comes to your heart, and then you offer that prayer, that person, back up to God. Amen. Our family has been so blessed to be a recipient of your daily prayers, and that's one reason I wanted to talk to you today about intersectory prayer, because you really do it. And there was a moment uh, in our lives, probably more than one moment, where you were praying for us, and it made such a big difference. Our family were missionaries in Lithuania, and uh, it wasn't always easy. We weren't always welcome in all situations. It was just a difficult situation. And we got an email from you saying that you had woken up in the middle of the night, and you felt God calling you to pray for us, and you wanted to know if we were okay. And it just so happened that that day that, you know, that this had happened to you, we had been in a a very trying situation. There had been a person who had tried to hire the mafia to take somebody in our church out. And and I went to talk to them. And and so it was very scary for me because in that situation, a life was not worth a lot. You know, you could have people taken out. And so and there, so it was scary. And then you sensed a need to pray for us in, that, in the middle of the night. And you got up and prayed for us, and, I, and we were safe. So I really felt that God saw the need and woke you up, and then you, and you prayed for us. It's kind of a, it gives me chill bumps now just thinking about it. Holy bumps. Holy bumps. There you go. Well, when you pray for others, how do you do that? Do you picture them in your mind? Do you close your eyes? How, how do you do that? Yes, I do, and if there's a special need, I have a lot of figures of the Bible that I will put in a special place to remind me in my coming and going to lift that person up many times during the coming and the going. The same thing is I often keep a votive burning when there's a special need for the community and the world that Mm -hmm. we might be reminded by that light in the daytime to just see that and lift up those things that we have no control over, but we know that God knows everything. And so I just pray His will, especially right now for the world situation. Sure. I do not understand the mystery of the Lord, but I'm certainly glad that I know that it is a mystery and only God can give us that grace and that spirit that abides in us. We meet that spirit in others and there's joy in the Lord. Well, I don't know of a more joyous person than you. (laughs) You're very joyful. The cancer situation led me so near to death. I've never worried about death since then because when I would go to sleep at night, there were plenty of times I didn't know that I would wake up here, the gift of healing mercies in the Lord. And so that just became a comfort that I had many moments that I knew that I was not alone But I never told anybody about that because I know that not everyone understands and you might be thought of as being strange. But I had a preacher who was a child of God, Jack Rosser, told me one time that if anybody ever called me a fanatic to thank them because that meant that 
I loved God more than they did. And so I climbed that. Okay. <laughs> I climbed that. It's worked really well. Well, Brenda, you mentioned the prayer to the Holy Spirit. I wonder if you would just close us out by praying that. So I, I opened my heart and my hands to the will of God as we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O oh God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit does instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy your constellations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Brenda, for being with us on Pray Together, the ministry of the North Alabama Conference.